if you have your Bibles or a phone app um, with, with a Bible on it, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 50. And I, I want to kind of like bring us up to speed. And so we're going to try to accomplish like the fast forward in Joseph's life here to kind of get us to where he is going to be introduced to us here in chapter 50. So Joseph was, the, was, was one of many sons, right? So like he was given a special coat by his dad because he was the favored son of the family. And he let everybody know. Like he really enjoyed being the favorite one. And he kind of said some things that ticked off his brothers to where there was such great animosity that when he went to go check on them, they actually threw him into a pit, took his beautiful robe, tore it, put blood on it, told his dad that he was dead, that he must have been killed, and then they sold him into slavery into Egypt, hoping to never see him again. That's the beginning of the story of Joseph that we learn. And so we see, if, if, we, watch, if we watch Joseph's life, he gets thrown into the pit, and if you're a if you're a public speaker, you love his story because it's so easy to alliterate. Everything starts with a letter P. So he gets thrown into a pit, Right? And then he gets sold into slavery into Potiphar's house. And then he gets falsely accused and thrown into prison. Isn't this beautiful? It gives me goosebumps. And so then he gets out of prison and he moves into the the palace. Full circle. It's a beautiful thing. So fast forwarding now, so he's gone through all of this difficulty in his life, and he always seems to rise to the occasion. Like, like he becomes, he's just not any servant in Potiphar's house. He becomes the best servant in Potiphar's house, and he gets put in charge of everything. And then he gets falsely accused, and he gets thrown into prison. And then in prison, he becomes the best prisoner. And he gets in, put in charge of taking care of all the prisoners. And then he gets out of prison and he's put in charge of the entire kingdom, second only to Pharaoh himself. <laughs> it starts with a P. I had to. So it's such a beautiful story of, of these ups and downs and victories and defeats and, and horrible false accusations and and then, so he gets to the end of his life. So, 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 all right. So he, he becomes in charge of, of like the food supply because he knows a famine's coming. Second only to Pharaoh in the kingdom. And into his court comes his brothers asking for food, not knowing it's Joseph. And I'm, I'm, if you know the story, please, I'm not trying to, to say you're ignorant. Just a lot of us don't know it. So, so he then is able to bless his family that basically had thrown him out and treated him for dead for years. Because we're talking about a 15-year period of time from the time when he was thrown into the pit until the time he was in the palace is about 15 years. And I wish 15 started with a P. (laughs) And so he, this period of time, so he eventually moves his father and his 11 brothers into Egypt, into the into the best part of Egypt where they can raise their, their families and take care of their sheep and all of that. And, and, of course, now, you know, down the road, that's how they ended up being slaves in Egypt. But at this point in time, it was just a beautiful relationship. So then dad dies, 
And now the brothers are worried because they feel like maybe he's been nice to them all of this time just because dad's been around. And so that's where we kind of enter in here in chapter 50 of, of the, the, the book of Genesis. And I want to kind of read through this with you so you can kind of feel what's happening. So in Genesis chapter 15, uh, sorry, 50, chapter, chapter 50, verse 15, it says this. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us. And will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So they're trying to, I don't think he really said this. I think they're just trying to get him to be nice to them. And he says this in verse 17, And so shall you say unto Joseph, they're saying that this is what dad said, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Like, guys, you don't get it. I'm good with this. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, look at this, for, I, for am I in the place of God? But as for me, I'm sorry, but as for you, and this is like the whole thing right here. You thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And I love this little thing God threw in here. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. And how, how did Joseph get there, right? After all that he'd been through the last 15 years. How did he get to the place where he was blown away that they would think that he would hurt them? He was crushed in his spirit that he would, that they would think that he would do anything to harm them because he had not only completely forgiven them, but he was excited about caring for them and their little ones. So I don't know what you've been through this year. So here's, here's the whole thing. So if you had a big box and in that box, you put everything you've been through in 2017. Just take all that crap and put it in that box. What we want to do is we want to just walk away from it and try and forget about it. But what God wants to do is he wants to take all of that and he wants to make you into who you need to become. So that you can be better for it. Because here's the thing. God is greater than all of that stuff that happened to you. God is greater than anything anybody could do to you. God is greater than everything that's in that box. And I'm not a big fan of carrying that around with you your whole life. I'm a big fan of learning from it, changing from it, loving God more because of it. 
and using it for what God intended, whatever that might be. So as we look at Joseph's life, what can we learn? What were some of his difference makers? First of all, I think it was this. God, he learned this. God's purpose is greater than my problems. Now here's, here's a big deal. And yes, those are two Ps carefully placed on that picture. God's purpose is greater than my problems. So, so let's just look at your problems. I, I got enough of my own. I don't want to look at yours. But look at the problems that you have. Whatever God's purpose is in your life for the problems that you have experienced and are experiencing are greater than the problems themselves. So it's not about the stuff. It's not about what's in that box. It's about God's purpose for what's in that box. It's about what you will learn and what you will become. But here's the thing. The process is painful. And I don't like the process. And I'll bet if Joseph had to do it all over again, he'd say, God, can we skip the pit? God, to be honest with you, I'm okay with the pit. The most painful moment of my life was the false accusation by Potiphar's wife that I wanted to sleep with her. When in all reality, I was running away trying to do the honorable thing, and she falsely accused me, and that's how I, can we just skip that part of my life? Because, God, that hurt bad, and there's nothing like being falsely accused. There is nothing like being thought evil of. Can we just skip? I'm sure that if he had to do it all over again, he would ask for maybe to take a different route. Or, let's detour that one. But the process is painful. And we don't always know what the purpose is, and we don't always know why. But here's one thing you've got to rest on, is that even if you don't know why, sometimes all you have to know is that God knows why. And that's all that you've got for now. And that's enough. And I, I've leaned on that in my life when I just couldn't figure out why God would do something or why that person would do something, that even though Eric doesn't know, I know God knows. And if God knows, then I'm okay with it because I believe God loves me and I believe God wants what's best for me and I'm okay with that. Pastor that I used to listen after got on a plane. He traveled every week to speak publicly and I guess, it, I guess if you got on a plane to go speak privately, it would be weird. I'm just going to go somewhere and talk to myself. <laughs> San Francisco sounds good. Let me get on a plane and go talk. Anyway, so he was a public speaker, and he would travel every week, and he would normally get first class. Because he, was, he flew so much, and somehow he ended up in coach, and he just did not like the person that was sitting next to him. They were an incredibly unpleasant person, but it was a full flight. So he rings the stewardess and the, the flight attendant, whatever's politically correct, and, and the flight attendant comes, and how can help? he says, yeah, it's, I'd, like to, I'd like to change seats. She said, I'll, I'll do my best, but we're a full flight. So a couple minutes later, she comes back, I'm so sorry, but... There are no other available seats. He said, ah, can I switch with somebody? She said, listen, sir, this is your assigned seat. 
you're still going to get to the city that you're going to. Doesn't matter what seat, what seat you're in, this is your assigned seat. Now, here's the thing I don't know what your assigned seat is, but you're still going to get there. And if that is your assigned seat, there's got to be a reason why you have been assigned your seat. Here's the thing Joseph didn't always know the purpose for the trial, right? But he did find purpose in the trial. And I think that's the significant difference. So whatever the purpose is, you may not figure it out based on what the issue is, but what God is doing in you is what he's looking for and who you are becoming. Now, I don't pretend to know what all the purposes for suffering is. I, I, I did a lot of studying trying to, you know, come up with a cool little list for you. The closest I came, and I put on the back of the notes, there's like macro reasons for suffering. That's a John Piper term. And it, 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 it gives five different reasons for suffering on the big view, right? Uh, repentance and righteousness and all of that. And notice he started them all with R because he's a pastor too. And so he has all of these macro reasons. And those are all fine and good, but there are micro reasons that we don't know that are going to be unique to you. So I don't know what all the macro or what all the micro reasons are for suffering. But in the same breath that I say, I don't understand God, I can say, but I trust him. And I think it's okay. You don't have to know all the answers and you don't have to know all the reasons why. Because his purposes are greater than whatever problems I'm encountering. It's understandable to ask why. Why this? Why now? Why me? I get it. And I may not be able to give you those answers. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't bet on it. Like I probably won't be able to tell you the why. But I know God knows and you might know someday. Good night. It's been, it's been 10 years since my dad died of cancer, and I still don't think that was a good idea. I still don't agree with God. I still think that it, my life would have been enriched by having him here. He was a good man. And there's a really lot of horrible people that God let live. I could have come up with a list of substitutes for him to take that would have made a lot more sense to me. But I believe God knows what's best. And I don't know. And, and, I, and to be honest with you, and, and then we're like, well, when, when, we, get, when we get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. I, I don't think we're going to care. When we're going to get to heaven, we're going to be like, when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, uh, I'm good. I got nothing. I'm good. Especially when you look at this life just being a little drop in the ocean of eternity. So don't let your ignorance for what the why is help us, cause us to overlook what God is trying to accomplish here. God's purpose is greater than our problems. Not only that, I think Joseph might have learned that God's provision is greater than my needs. So whatever the problem is, whatever has, has caused you to cry out, his provision during that time, is always going to be greater than what your need actually was. There's actually a verse 
that says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. There is biblical precedent for God taking care of his own. God took care of Joseph every step of the way. Even though Joseph wasn't where he wanted to be, God was there with him. I heard this this week, that God may be doing 10,000 things in your life. And you're only aware of like three of them. And that's what you focus on. But God is working so many different things out in your life. And he's caring for you every step of the way and working behind the scenes. God's provision is always greater than my needs. And then God's plan is always greater than my schemes. For that matter, it's greater than anybody's schemes. So whatever, whatever schemes we come up with, whatever schemes anybody else comes up with, most specifically that's what we're talking about here. The schemes of Joseph's brothers to get rid of him, God's plan was so much greater than that. In our text, do you see what happened? When he is talking to his brothers, he made this incredible statement that shows us that Joseph was focusing more on what God was doing in him than what was man was doing to him. So whatever man is wanting to do to you is not as great as what God is wanting to do in you. And somehow Joseph was able to see all that God was doing in his life, even though it was his brothers who had initiated it and done it. So I don't know who's doing what to you. I don't know what you don't agree with in your life. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's your wife. No, it couldn't be your wife. That was close. But whatever God is doing in your life, It's about what he is doing in your life, not what other people are happening to you. In verse 20, let me, let me just show you this big aha thing for me this week. But as for you, you thought evil. You thought evil against me. Now that word evil there, I know it doesn't seem like a genius thing, but it means to harm or to trouble or to hurt. So you intentionally threw me in the pit wanting to hurt me and ruin my life. And here's this, but God meant it unto good. So I want, I'm, not, I'm not an English professor, okay? But he says this, so you thought evil against me, God meant it. What is the it? That is the thing that they thought for evil. That's referring back to the very same action. So here's what I got really excited about. That word thought and the word meant is the exact same Hebrew word. And in your version of, of Scripture, you may have like intention. Because the word kasab, which is the word thought or meant in the Hebrew, means to thought or meant or intended. So you intended for your actions to bring about an, a harmful thing for me. God took that same exact action, that same thing that you did, and he kashabed, 
good. So somewhere, Joseph got this incredible perspective that God can take whatever you dish out or whatever anybody else dishes out and God can take that and make good out of it. Make something that is beneficial for you. Because God is working in you just as much as he's working in those circumstances. The same action, just a different verb. So, so you identify it. You identify the behavior of somebody else that is causing you harm and realize that the God that you love and the God that loves you is able to take it, whatever that thing you just identified, and instead of it causing harm, he can bring about something beneficial to you, something good, because God's plan is greater than our schemes, whatever they might be. So here's the big question. What will you do with all you've been through? Like all of this stuff that's in that box, everything that's happened to you this year, what are you going to do with all of that? I even left you space to write it down. Like what are you going to think? So think through this. What could God possibly do with all that you've been through? And let me just tell you, can I get this off my chest? There has to be a bigger reason for what happens to you than just helping somebody else through what you've been through. Now, I believe that can be a reason. But if the only reason God caused me to go through this pain was to help somebody else go through that pain, then why doesn't God just not have us go through that pain? If that's the only reason. But there has to, so what I'm saying is, that can be a reason, and I think we should help other people through the pain that we've experienced. But there's got to be something else there. There's got to be more reasons why we're going through that. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with everything you've been through? There's a, uh, a Holocaust survivor that lived through Auschwitz. His name is Eli Weitzel. He passed away in July of 2016. But he is interviewed by a reporter about his life. He was also a Nobel Prize winner. Pretty incredible individual. And he said this before he died. He said, if I survived, that's what he told himself, I mu- it must be for a reason. I must do something with my life. It is too serious to play games with anymore because in my place, someone else could have been saved. And so I speak for that person. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. I don't know what you've experienced. Yes, you can probably help somebody with it someday. I hope you do. But there's more to it than that. There's a bigger thing God is doing. And I don't know what that is. But I can't wait to find out. And I think, with, I think it's, it, it's so important that you allow God to do a work in your heart with all of this stuff. There's purpose to your life. There's purpose to everything that you've been through. Look what he told his brothers in verse 21. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I'll provide 
for you, and I love this, and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to him. Now, this is a beautiful ending to a difficult life. It's like a nice, neat little bow. Like after everything he's been through, he's able to take care of his brothers. It's a beautiful ending to a tough story to read. But let me tell you this. Getting to where he was right now in chapter 50 was hard work. And if you're going to get to the place in your life where you can forgive and bless and use this for good, it is hard work. It doesn't happen because you want it to. It happens because you stay the course and you get close to Jesus and you learn the lessons that we're supposed to learn. And you may not be there yet, but on that, maybe you're in chapter 37. Maybe you're in chapter 46. Maybe you're not to 50 yet. But wherever you are, what are you making of it? So until you figure it all out, do the hard stuff like this. Like, continue making the right decisions. That's hard. That's hard. You may not be working the job that you want to work. I mean, you may, you may not be excited about where your life is going, but continue making the right decisions. Like wherever he was, he rose to the occasion. Whether he was a slave or a prisoner in horrible situations, the Bible says twice, and I love, it's a great study. If you read through it, it says, it actually says, and Joseph served them. When he was in the prison, and Joseph served them. When he was in Potiphar's house, and Joseph served Potiphar. There was something about his character that he made the right decisions in the midst of his difficulties. It was hard work to get to chapter 50. But in the midst of everything he was going through, he continued to make the right decisions. I also found this, that he continued to develop a heart of service. Like, in the midst of whatever you're going through, I understand sometimes you need to kind of take a break. I just got to deal with this for a while. But don't ever lose your heart of service. There's reasons why God is doing this in your life. And then continue to forgive those who caused the hurt. And this is a tough one. And we've spoken about forgiveness before and what, it, what good it is. That it sets you free, not the other individual. That your ability to forgive and let that go sets you free. But forgive those who cause the hurt. That's how you get to 50. Not like age. That's how you get to chapter 50. By doing the hard work. What are you going to do with what you've been through? Your God is greater than anything man can do to you. He is great. His provision is greater. His plan is greater. His purpose is greater. And that's a beautiful place to be. What are you going to do with what you've been through? Let's pray. God, thank you for stories like this that are true. 
that are helpful, that are encouraging. But God, they're not easy. And I don't know what's in our boxes. I don't know, I know some of the stories, but I don't know all of them. And I don't know what all you're doing and I don't know why you're doing it. But I know you know. And help us, God, as we begin this new year that we learn from everything that we've been through and that we look forward with anticipation for what you're going to do. But help us, make, help us to make the most out of all that you have done and are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.